big time lawyer and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, uh, so we get to the gift exchange, and so I didn't have to order it. I tried looking, there was no stores. I tried to go online. So I went online, I found it, and so it even came a little bit later because you know, it was hard for me to find, and so I felt bad, like, oh, I couldn't give someone that gift. I said, hey, man, got this really cool gift, please forgive me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think you'll enjoy it. So it comes in, and I'm so excited, and I had it wrapped up. I said, here's your gift. And I'm waiting. Like, yes. And he's like, oh, cool. And I, like, you know, went over to a different conversation. And I said, like, oh, man. You don't like little gal? You don't get it? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not really a thoughtful guy when it comes to gifts. So I thought, man, this is amazing. Advisor, uh, and that's Nathan the prophet. And he says, Hey, you know what? The, I, I, 
God says, no, you're not going to be the one to do it. And you think, wow, that's kind of weird, right? You want to do something for great, for God, but God's like, no, you're not going to do it. And as we're going to read here, God had some different plans for David and what he was going to do. Let's go ahead and read verse 8. You guys with me? Yes. It says, now then, this is God speaking to Nathan the prophet to tell King David, now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name, I will make, make your name great, like the names of the greatest men of the earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel, I will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declared to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod of men, with floggings inflicted by men. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Let's stop right there for a second. Wow! Incredible. You mean to tell me that my line will forever 
before you, it's going to be before you, and the kingdom, and, and, and this is incredible. You have to be forth and hearing all that God is promising. And as we read, let's read how David responded to these incredible promises that God has laid out. Yes. Verse 17, Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O sovereign Lord? And what is my family? You have brought me this far. And as if there were not, as if this were not enough in your sight, O sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servants? Is this, is this your usual way of dealing with men, O sovereign Lord? What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O sovereign Lord. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servants. How great you are, O sovereign Lord. There is no one like you. And there is no God but you. As we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth that God went out to redeem as a people for himself and to make a name for himself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods before your people whom you redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people Israel as your very own forever. And you, O Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised, so that your name will be great forever. Then men will say, the Lord Almighty is God over Israel. And the house of your servant David will be established before you. O Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you. So your servant has found courage to offer you this prayer. O sovereign Lord, you are God. Your words are trustworthy, and you have promised these good things to your servants. Now be pleased to bless the house of your servant. Then may continue forever in your sight, for you, O sovereign Lord, have spoken. And with your blessing, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Wow! That's a prayer. That's a prayer right there. Let me ask you, from reading this, does it seem like David is grateful or ungrateful? He seems to be pretty grateful. He seems to be pretty much in awe. I said the Bible says that he sat down before the Lord. When he heard Nathan tell him all that was going to happen, and he didn't even understand that the Messiah, the author and perfecter of our faith, the creator, the son of God, was going to come from his bloodline. He didn't even understand that. Right. But he just heard, wow, I can't believe what I just heard. He went in, and you can just imagine, he probably went before the ark and just sat down. Whoa, this is, wow. Probably had to pause for a moment to kind of let it sink in. He was just so amazed. He was overcome with humility and gratitude. Overwhelmed, he's thinking about God's power. Wow, God has the ability to do this. God, look at what God has done in my life. He's just reminding me of all the things that he's done. 
He was overwhelmed with God's grace and mercy. Because we, as we've seen, David messed up a few times. But yet God still promises these things. He sees God's love and God's eternal blessings. Right. And he's in awe. David's response to God's blessings. He's in awe and he prays his powerful prayer. As you read the prayer, I don't think that he was very monotone in his prayer. You are Lord God. You know, I don't think he did that. No. No. I think it was passion. Yeah. I think he was out there and just could care less if anybody else heard. He was just so moved. God, you are the Lord God. Yeah. You just imagine, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. He's just so filled with gratitude that he can't help but be humble. He can't help but respond in praise and thanksgiving to his God. Have you ever prayed like this? Why or why not? You know, I believe that we come to a prayer like this when we truly recognize God's blessings in our life. Yeah. We're humbled by them. Yeah. And all we can do is get either on our knees, stand up, go out, whatever, and just pray to God. Right. I believe, again, we're seeing why David is described after man, after God's own hearts. You're seeing, he, he just didn't take the, the, the blessing of God and just say, okay, thank you. He was moved. He was stirred. He was impassioned by what he recognized from God. You see the humility. Look at verses 18 and 19. He says, he starts off his prayer, who am I? Oh, sovereign Lord, and what is my family? You have brought me this far. And as if this were not enough in your sight or something, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your Is this? I mean, he, he's questioning, is this your usual way of dealing with man? He's so humble because we know David is messed up royally. No pun intended. David is messed up. And we haven't probably even got to the worst of it yet. But David is messed up. He's had some dark days. He knew he didn't deserve this. He wasn't deceived and like, yeah, you know what, I have been a good guy. Maybe you should have saw me when I killed Goliath. Hey, I persevered. I deserve something. That's not the way he responded. No. He's like, who, who am I? I was just a little shepherd boy. Now you, you allow me to be king and, and now you're telling me about my family and wow, I don't deserve this. I know the sin I've, I've, I've had before you, but yet you're still loving me. You're still blessing me. And he realizes that his blessing wasn't just for him, but it was for God's name to be glorified. And it was for God's people to advance God's kingdom. His blessings weren't just for himself. I just appreciate David's humility, but I'm in awe of the gratitude and what his gratitude led him to do. His gratitude led him to praise, thanksgiving, and worship of God. Look at, look at some of the things he says in verse 22. How great you are, O sovereign Lord. Verse 25. And now, Lord God, you keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant his house. Do as you promised so that your name will be great forever. Then men will say, the Lord Almighty is God over Israel. I mean, he is just so filled up that he just wants to praise God. God, you are awesome. There's no one like you. 
You are amazing. And I, I, I beg you, Mitchell, I predict that he might even say some more words, but that's all the Bible wanted us to read. Yeah. And it's just amazing. He's so filled with love and gratitude that he can't help but thank, praise, and worship God. Yes, there you go. Some of us are, you know, it might be a little cynical. And said, well, if God gave me that type of promise, I'd be praying like that too. <laughs> he never gave me that type of promise. <laughs> well, let's think about this here. Were things always good for, for David? No. Have we forgot the other chapters in the Bible? Remember, David's a little shepherd boy that his, his old dad kind of forgot about him. Samuel came into town. Yeah, I got these sons. Oh, wait. Yeah, there is another son. I forgot about him. <laughs> Says something about the family dynamic to him, you know? Then he goes on and he has some great victories, but his mentor, the king, King Saul, tries to kill him. He doesn't understand why he feels this is unjustified, which it was. We, I don't think we actually read in the text, but, but his, his wife and call, she actually, when he has to go and be on the run for years, the king takes his, his, his daughter, which is David's wife, and gives it to another man. That doesn't feel good. <laughs> he's on the run for years. We're not sure exactly, but, you know, he's on the run for, for we think, almost about 20 years there. And, and, and this... He said, well, well, yeah, of course he, he's happy uh, about these blessings, but God didn't make his role very easy. No, no, he did not. But yet what happened? David repented and he stayed faithful to God. Right. He stayed faithful to God. It reminds me of Hebrews 10, 36, my favorite passage in the Bible. It says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. See, we receive blessings when we persevere. Sometimes it's not easy. And we see that in King David. He persevered. He stayed faithful. And God blessed him. We see some of us, we quit before God blesses us. The hard times. Oh, we're on the run. We go, oh, it's so hard. I might as well quit. Not knowing that, man, if we would have just stuck to quit, the promises of God would have been fulfilled in our lives. We see that David's gratitude let him wanting to do something great for God. Even before he received this promise. Again, I remind you at the beginning, verses 1 through 3 in chapter 7, David's sitting back and he's putting his feet up on the couch and he's like, man, this is awesome. This is better than living in caves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm the king. People are, you know, they're showing me love. This is awesome. I remember when I was out there by myself in the cave. Right. I was out there with the sheep. I used to smell. I mean, now I got good aromas. Great things. 
In fact, if you read in First Chronicles, what David does is he, you know, he's not permitted to, to go ahead and start building upon a temple. He goes and he makes sure that since Solomon had the plan and he, he, he's on top of things, but David goes and gets all the materials beforehand so that when he passes and Solomon starts building, it's already there. It can get going. As soon as I pass, hey Solomon, hey all that stuff, the, the, the timber's there, the wood here, the gold here, the silver, it's all there. And he didn't use government funds. <laughs> now, I'm not getting political on you. I know some people, oh yeah, I ain't getting What I'm trying to say is, he felt it so much that he was like, I'm not going to use the funds I can use, but I'm going to use my own funds. He says, I want to give this because God has been so good to me, I feel compelled to give my own as well. Grateful or ungrateful? To the blessings of God. Paul. I believe David is very grateful. And I believe that you and I can follow David's example. Right. In fact, I believe that we can. I believe that you and I should follow yeah, yeah, David's yeah. example. Yeah. And so how do we respond to God's blessing in our life? Well, I believe we have to be grateful and show it. Turn with me over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. You still with me, church? James chapter 1. We'll read here, verse 17. Amen. James chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible reads, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift is from where? God. God. So anything that's good that you have, who can you thank for that? God. God. You can't thank your intellect and how great and special you are, even though you might be. But even how great and special you are, that came from God. And so what we see from that is, wow, we are blessed individuals. If you have anything, if you have any blessing in your life, which I believe that we have many blessings in our life. In fact, what are some of the blessings in our life? Let, let's just go ahead. Let, let's, let's say a couple out here. What are some of the blessings in your life? Yes. Your wife. Oh. Isn't that great? Okay, his wife. Yes. Mommy. Isn't that awesome? A teenager said he was grateful for the gift of his mom. Come on, parents. Okay, yes, bro. Yeah, my, my two daughters uh, love God. Your two daughters. Blessing in your life. Yes, kids. Yes, right here. Salvation. Salvation. Come on. Uh-huh. Uh, Sean. Reese Neal. Reese Have you shown 
your gratitude. You know, I appreciate people sharing. You know, husband sharing is great for his wife. Husbands, have we shown that gratitude? Do we say thank you? Do we say I love you? Showing that we're grateful for that. Watch. Are you grateful for your husbands? Showing and expressing gratitude. The children in here, are you grateful for mom and dad? I know, I know you can have some problems sometimes with but are you expressing your gratitude? Do you say thanks, mom and dad? Even those of us in the church here, do you think you're small group leaders? Right. Wow, you know what? Thank you, bro. Thank you, sis, for the effort that you put into this. Unbelievable. Yeah. Do you show your appreciation? What about the greatest blessing from God? The eternal relationship with him through Jesus. Turn with me over to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. You still with me, church? All right, Romans chapter 6. You know, we have so many blessings in our life, but I think none compare to the eternal relationship that we have with God through His Son, Jesus, and how we were able to receive that eternal relationship. Romans chapter 6, verse twenty. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The greatest blessing from God. We have an eternal relationship with God through the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus. It says in Romans 8, verse 17, it says that we are co-heirs with Christ. Yep. I, I got to guess, I don't completely have, have the capability to comprehend how we can be co-heirs with Christ, but I know one thing that sounds flat out awesome. Yeah. 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 And to know that it's because of Jesus and what he did, and how he raised from the dead to give me hope and to give me salvation? Yeah. Wow. That, that's, that's incredible. It's, a, it's amazing. It's all inspiring. But let me ask you this, how have you responded to this blessing of God? Have you responded this past month? This past week? How about this morning? Have you responded to the love and grace of God through Jesus? Are you grateful? How grateful? Have you shown your gratitude to right. God? Because like David, we're all undeserving of this. None of us can ever say, hey, we deserve an eternal relationship with God. We have all messed up royally ourselves. In our hearts or physically in any form or fashion, we have messed up, but we are not deserving. Just like David, he realized that, and that humbled him. Who am I? I believe that's not got to be our response. Who are we? Who are we to be co-heirs with Christ? Who are we to have the blood of Jesus purify us from all sin so we can have eternal relationship with God? 
that we are unworthy, but yet he deems us to be worthy enough to give it to us. That should lead to us being grateful and showing our gratitude. I believe true gratitude is seen. You know, it's more than just a simple thank you. I believe true gratitude is, is kind words, cards, gifts, service, help, support, etc. But it's going above and beyond. I think about this time I want to share briefly. You know, we, uh, me and Corinne have been charged for this event we call A Day on Hope, which we work with Hope Worldwide Southern California nonprofit organization that uh, our church uh, started many years ago. And so this was several years ago. We went out to uh, Virgil Middle School. And so we went out there and did a beautification project and tried to make it real nice and spiffy. And it was just an awesome time. We had like 900 volunteers. It was just crazy. And uh, we ended up, you know, making two murals. Some of you guys remember this. We had two giant murals. It was just so impressive, so nice, amazing. And so after the event, me and Corinna were very excited, grateful for the event, how it worked. And Mike and Christy stepped in. They helped with our medical team. And uh, so they, they, they come up to us. And I can't remember exactly the setting, but they're just so grateful. And I'm like, hey, thank you for all that you did. We understand it's a lot of work. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. You know, no problem. We're grateful. They said, no, but you know what? It really meant something special to us. Because our daughter, Jessica, she was able to work on a mural. And we were just so fired. She was so happy about working on the mural. And she had a little brush out there. And we were so filled. And as they're telling me, they're starting to swell up. And they're starting to get emotional about it. And, they're, and I'm like, wow. You know, I, I wasn't thinking about that. You know, I didn't, I didn't even recognize this. And they're, they're expressing their, their gratitude of how special the event was for them as a family. And then they go and they give us a card and they write this letter to us, expressing their gratitude and handing us a gift. I was like, wow. I wasn't expecting that. I, I didn't ask for that. I didn't, even, I didn't even realize all that was going on. But they were so filled with gratitude for the experience of their daughter that they just went above and beyond and their expression of gratitude. Yeah. And I thought, wow. I better do something nice for the daughter again. You know? <laughs> Just but I believe that that's got to be our response to the cross of Jesus. Yeah. That we don't just say thank you, but we go above and beyond expressing our gratitude through our lives. We should respond in serving God, worshiping, thanking Him, honoring Him, being humble, having desires to please Him and do great things for Him and with Him. The words to the song we sing is sometimes, when I survey the wondrous cross, the last line reads, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Yeah, that's right. I believe God's blessing should motivate, should affect every aspect of our life, our time. What we commit to God, wanting to have a deep, personal, real, active relationship with our Savior. Our commitment to the church family, devoted to meetings, being there on time, wanting to serve and step up and do whatever it is. Being committed to one each other, helping each other out. It should affect our money, our financial giving. How can we respond to God's blessing by trying to see what's the least I can give? Wow. Is that grateful or ungrateful? We have a great opportunity to come up with a special mission where, where we send our money overseas to help with the churches that have been planted. And, and see, yeah. we want to see a church this big overseas. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. In our efforts, 
in our worship, giving our all to God. In our evangelism, saying, hey, I want to share with people what God has done in my life. I want them to experience these great blessings. Then to hear about God's, God's promises for them. Fighting to be holy. Fighting to be righteous. Cutting out this sin, saying, well, how can I ever deal with it? You see what God's done for me? No, I, want, I want to repay him. I know I can't. It will never be equal, but I, that's my heart I want to. Our talents. Using them for God's name, his kingdom, his glory, and not just our personal gain. Our dreams, wanting to do great things for him. Not just, I just want to make it to heaven, but no, I want to be used powerfully today here on earth. Grateful or ungrateful? How are you responding to God's blessings? I believe this is a salvation issue. I believe it is. I believe that if we have soft, grateful hearts, we'll stay faithful to God forever. But when our hearts get hardened by sin and we begin to forget all that God has done, we will go down that path of destruction and leave God. Many of us have seen it. There's, one, there's several common things and what goes on in a person's life that walks away from God, but one of them is they forgot what Christ has done. They become ungrateful for the blessings. It's a salvation issue. That's why it's important that we truly ask ourselves, how are we responding to God's blessings? I want to give a couple practical suggestions here. Can I do that real quickly? Here's the the suggestion. It's practical. Come up with a list of promises of God that you find in the Bible that apply to you. I'll repeat that. Come up with a list. There's so many promises of God for His people. Come up with a list. Look through your Bible. It'll be a great Bible study. Come up with a list of promises that God promises that apply to you. And then as you write them down, I want you to write next to it. How should you respond to those promises? Secondly, or either or, you can do this or you can can choose this one. Write down a list of all the blessings that you have from God. It's going to be a long list. It does something for the soul when you do that. But as you continue writing down this list, at the end, write down how you responded to it. I believe this will stir our hearts. It will motivate us. It will humble us. We will make sure that we have soft, grateful hearts that are faithful, devoted, committed, and loving of our God and Creator. We all know some people, you know, that we've all had experiences where we've dealt with people that weren't very grateful. And we remember how they made us feel like, man, I didn't like that. And we've all seen how I feel when we have people that have shown gratitude and went above and beyond and were like, wow, that, that just felt good. There was something amazing about that. I believe that you and I want to, can, and should be the children of God that make Him proud of the way we show our gratitude. The way we live our lives, the way we worship, sacrifice, serve, repent, and daily devote our lives to Him. Let's recognize God's blessings in our lives. Let's respond with gratitude and action. Let's be grateful and show it. Let's close out with again with the words from the song, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Grateful or ungrateful, how are you going to respond to God's blessings? Let's pray. Father, we are humbled to recognize and remember all that you have done in our lives.
But God, we want to thank you for the greatest blessing. And that is an eternal relationship with you through Jesus. May we never get dull in our hearts. May we never forget. May it never become a distant memory. But Father, may it inspire us to worship you in spirit and in truth. To give you our life, our soul, our very all. We thank you for every single blessing. None the ones that come to our mind and the ones that we can't even, that we take for granted. We thank you and we pray that we can honor you today with our gratitude. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Have a great Sunday.